Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 202. Special guest tonight, Limestone.
if you could, real quick, before uh, we get started, make sure you like and subscribe on all our stuff. Hit YouTube, go over to Top Hill Recording Podcast, and uh, follow and subscribe. Our guest again tonight, Limestone, you guys, everybody, how are y'all doing tonight? Hey, hey, doing what's great? Well, doing great. Thanks. Hey, we had a uh, killer four-song set earlier, man. Yeah, it was dope. Oh, man, thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. clap. Yeah, I mean, you all sounded great. The mix was good. I loved the songs. Like, band is very unique. I don't, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I read your all's, like, Spotify bio, but I don't even really know what, how to describe your all's, like, sound or what you all would call We've it. We've had the same trouble. Yeah. Yeah, Everyone has said that. Everybody said that. And it's, a, it's a group of people playing music, and each song sounds different. They, yeah. Well, all four songs were very different. We don't have any rules for our band. It's whatever music comes out, comes out. Uh, and you guys know, the first time you tell somebody, like, oh, yeah, I'm in a band, and the first thing they goes, well, what kind of music do you play? Yeah. And I'm always like, uh, well, <laughs> so we hit a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then they just get more confused the longer I talk. So, so like it's, it's kind of a rock band. When you have six people, I, I think you probably, and especially if you have six open minds, music is going to take you in a bunch of different places with all the influences you have, especially, you know, instrumentation. You got Way doing uh, keys, uh, violin, you know, you got the... Uh, uh, trumpet a horn section in the band all by himself because he's so good so before we get too deep into that and and kind of how we got to this point uh to where limestone is and how limestone got together why don't everybody going from my left introduce yourself um and tell what you do in the band yeah so uh my name is blair and i try to play drums My name's Wei. I play violin primarily and uh, do keys. I play ukulele on that one song, and I sing on that one song. <laughs> <laughs> Wei's the assassin of the band. Can do it True. all. True. A little bit of everything. That's the one. That's that's True. Wei's our Swiss Army knife. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I'm Jeff. I, I play acoustic guitar mainly, uh, but I also switch to bass guitar as well. And and he writes many of our riffs. Yeah, I'm in sub. Uh, I sing lead vocal on, I guess, the majority of our songs, and I play bass on, I don't know, a little more than half of them. Uh, and sometimes I'm just uh, just doing just vocals. So and you played ukulele bit. for us too. Uh, oh, and yeah. keys. Yeah, I took over keys and ukulele from Unsub. So oh, okay, keys is probably my uh, primary instrument. Uh, so bass is actually kind of new, somewhat new for me. So yeah, I'm John, and I am the single trumpet player here. Um, one song that we didn't do tonight actually uh, requires flugelhorn. So, um, <laughs> so come check us out, you know, and uh, you'll get to hear something you don't hear every day. A flugelhorn. Uh, <laughs> amazing. Um, I'm Stephen B., and uh, I play the guitar and um, help write a song or two. And um, He's being honest. Know, just, He's uh, a really good songwriter. And, try and help with like, you know the direction and you know really happy to be part of the band so how uh how did limestone come about i don't know who answers that i don't know if everybody answers that but well, i think uh <clears throat> so jeff and i go way back we're practically practically brothers uh we've been best friends since we were like five years old and we played different uh <clears throat> projects over the years and and had kind of a long stint where i don't think that either of us had a project going and yeah it was it's been about since we were 14 or so we had we we, we messed around with 
you know, kind of we didn't know what we were doing. Just gu- two guitars, no vocals. Then we threw in some keyboards. And, uh, you know, people came and went, really. We have had other people that, that played with us, and they left. And then but when, one thing we could not find was a drummer. We could never find a drummer that was so really hard. hard to find. And, uh, and eventually... cool. <laughs> eventually we met Blair or more importantly thinks that you're halfway cool <laughs> eventually we met Blair and it was like when we met him it's like everything that came together finally we just needed that drummer that 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 just held a rhythm that other dad well, that drum machine stuff yeah. you're doing was pretty cool you showed me when oh. I first, when I first the drum machine there. just doesn't do it you know it it keeps a beat but it's just like it's just soulless and and just it's hard. It's hard to do something with and, unless you're uh, just an amazing drum programmer, which neither of us were. <laughs> so, um, but then yeah. So once Blair was uh, coming around, and then we still had a, a few come and go. Um, so since Blair, Blair, how long has it been? Um, I think it was uh, it was something at St. Bridget in like 2017. Oh yeah, in the fall. So yeah, so a couple of weeks later, I was in Jeff's basement with my drum kit. <laughs> nice. So that's, um, that's I'm learning the, about my band. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then we met Way, and Way came along, and uh, well, Greg came first, so he, well, yeah, he wrote a bunch Greg. of songs with y'all, and I overlapped. Yeah, him we're for having a, few miss, years. a member we used to have, and he moved to uh, Portland, Oregon, and uh, yeah, he was a big Greg. part of the band actually, and just yeah, he he wanted to do other things and he see different places the for me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and then Stephen took his place. There's a lot of moving parts to what it is today, and uh, happy what we got today. We, but yeah, it it took. We even had a a singer that didn't really uh, last too long, but we had a, we had a different singer, and and um, so he didn't really work out. And this is everybody in this band gets along very good, and we all, you know, we all have jobs. Of course, we we do. We have a busy live, and and it works what we do. Wait, uh, wait how long music. do you think you were <clears throat> playing with us be, before you tricked John into coming in? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> so I, I joined in the fall of 2021. And well, I yeah, it was that, like a couple weeks later. Like, no, I joined in it was May. a little... Yeah. I joined because, in May of 22. Yeah. John joined after me. No, uh, you joined the same month. Well, but it was uh-huh. the same month that I come in to a, to a session with you guys. And this is a good story because... We, we were all playing together, and it's like, man, this is a big band. We got five of us. You know, this is amazing. And um, then, like, there was a practice, maybe two practices after that, where Way sent the message saying, hey, would you guys mind if my friend John, like, comes in? Yeah, I remember that. And I remember, like, we were, like, looking around being like, I mean, how are we going to... Because... Our practice space is not bigger than this room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We play in a basement. So we're about like, this wow, size. man, we're really packing Jeff's basement, you know? <laughs> and um, but sure, because we're inclusive and we want to like just like if you play a kazoo good, man, come in. We'll take you, you know? <laughs> Whatever. I'm glad to be free on Friday. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, the bar is so low. Set the bar real high. <laughs> and um John came in that that one session and he's classically trained, and like some of us are like all self-taught. And like, well, Way is not, but oh uh, no, Way is definitely well. Way is classically, classically taught. That's what I'm saying. Way is not. Way is not self taught. It, it. So it's kind of like this good mix. And this guy like set our stuff on fire immediately. 
And it was like, wow, okay. Now we have a trumpet player. He's definitely <laughs> in the band. Yes. <laughs> so we're very happy about having John. I guess what, there's a story with me and John because I moved to Louisville in 2014 and then uh, I needed something to do in my spare time. So I joined the community orchestra. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And um, that's where I met John. Right. Because, so and, so I, uh, I joined this community orchestra a couple of years, I think, before Way did and was kind of instrumental in like really revitalizing it. We had like 400 bucks to the organization and now, now we're doing fairly well. Um, it's the Louisville Civic Orchestra. Um, so, uh, amazing our orchestra. other band. Yeah. Our other band. <laughs> um, but really for me, this was an opportunity. Uh, jazz improv scares the hell out of me. Right. So the chords move really fast and they're very complicated. So Way was like, do you want to join a rock band? And kind of secretly so. I was like, hell yeah, I do. And then I was like, is there sheet music? No. <laughs> so so everything that I've played tonight, you know, I've had to kind of figure out over several rehearsals. It's what on it's a what dry fits, erase right? board. Like, yeah, a, just those chord, those chord e symbols, flat. right? Yeah, like and thank goodness, point thank font, goodness, you know, point. the nature of rock music, the, the chords are slightly easier, more straightforward. So oh, this yeah. has been a really, really fun uh, learning experience for me and, and kind of stretching stretching what I've done as a classically trained trumpet player as well. You know, John, While he learns that we're amazed. What's hilarious about that, John, uh, to me is you say, well, you know, it's, it's rock and it's easier, but like this band's not straightforward. That's what I was thinking <laughs> too. Yeah, it is not straightforward too. There, everything True, has, yeah. has a right turn. You know, you played four songs and it's like, we're on a, we're going somewhere else now. You know, we hit this turn and then it comes back. It's, it's very, very cool. It's interesting and it keeps you uh, engaged in a way that, that sometimes if it would have just stayed the, the same thing, maybe you would have kind of got lost in the shuffle, but you all don't allow for that, which is awesome. Oh man, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Some of the endings I felt like were super dope on a couple of them tunes where I felt like it took a turn where I'm like, it's over. I'm like, oh shit, it's not over. There's more <laughs> something cool left here. We're we're all about the outro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you had uh, two classically trained musicians in your band, I'd probably be all about whatever space I could create myself. You know, um, I when you when you all rolled into the room, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. The only thing that I have heard uh, has been a rehearsal some audio rehearsal that was sent whenever Brad got it. And I don't know how long ago that was. So I just... That was I, last May. Okay. Yeah. Right before so it's High been, Horse. It's been a minute. So I listened to it and I thought, man, this is good. Sent it very interesting. And then uh, I said, all right, six people. All right, what's this going to look like? How's this going to feel? We haven't had six people in this room. So the most important thing always is, can you listen to each other? And I think, and, and then, will you trust me? Will you will you trust us to do on this side of it to get you as quiet as we need you to be or as balanced out as we need you to be? And, and I got to tell you, it translated so well from what we were listening to in the headphones to what you all came in and did. So I'm really excited, number one, about, about hearing it um, and the versatility of what you all did with those changes is just, I'm, I'm telling you, it's very, very interesting and very intriguing to listen to on this side of it. So uh, kudos, number one. And number two, you all need to get some stuff out there. <laughs>
Yeah, you need more stuff out there. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Always on Mondays, like when I'm at work, I'll put on whoever the guest is, I'll put on their tunes like throughout the day. But you all only got like two what two songs yeah, out on Spotify. Yeah, it, it did not take me long to listen to the two tunes. So I think I think part of the issue, if if I'll speak for just a moment, is that like um there are a lot of moving parts. And I came in a couple years ago, maybe, not even, and um, you know, all of us, you know, that, that come in, we're, it's like a team, you know, you, you, you start off and you kind of feel it out, but as you start playing the game, you get better and better. Mm -hmm. You start to really learn about each other, get to know like, you know, people's intricacies and when it's time to like, you know, back off and let them shine. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of like something we've been working to create before we actually try and just throw anything out there. So, um, so we're, we're definitely like making that progress and yeah. um, that's a goal of ours is to get some material it. out there under this new umbrella. Well, you sounded great Stone. tonight. I hope to see a live at Top Hill EP yeah. come out yeah. here. Oh, those are releasable while, for yeah. sure. <laughs> we've got a, quite a bit of those out these days, which is pretty wild. I kind of feel like we have a, a little bit of a double-edged sword. So it's not really a bona fide leader. And so on the one hand, it's like, oh, cool, there's not a leader. And then on the other hand, sometimes it gets lost in a the shuffle where parts. there's like, oh, there's not like a final tonight? decider yeah. to be like. Yeah, I was hey. going to ask who's in who's in charge because you have a big ass band. Who cracks, <laughs> who, who cracks the whip, you know? Way. I would say, yeah. It's, it's, it's Jeff's basement. Of the booking, it's yeah. Jeff's basement. Yeah, I, I know. Everybody's house. got a little lead. Uh, I handle all the tech stuff. I do the recording and the mixing and the mastering. Right. We're lost without it. Always you be recording the tunes that are out like now. Those are recorded where we rehearse in the basement. Those sound great. Yeah. yeah those well, sound thank good. you. Yeah. Thanks. It's hard to record stuff at home. I've tried many a time and it is difficult to get yeah, a sound I, uh, that is natural. Drums was a big learning curve for me when, when Blair came along because before that, all I had done was electronic music and that's, you know, it's already pre processed yeah. and everything's really easy to mix it. And I was like, oh, yeah, you got this whole, you know, drum mic kit, and we're going to mic everything. <laughs> and, but when I tried mixing it, I was like, why doesn't this sound good? Because it wasn't that it wasn't played good. It was played excellently. And I was, it was just too much for me. I ended up, I'm down to using like four mics now. And that's something I can more handle. I can deal with kind of the phase issues of four mics. And, but yeah, trying to deal with eight, it was just, I would be crazy Too at the house. Fun. Yeah. I, I always use like, just like program drums if I'm making demos or anything. That's why it's cool to come here and there's just the one mic for mm. everything. Yeah. And it definitely uh, makes it a little bit easier than I was just in the studio. And I swear, I felt like there was like 20 mics on the drums. I was like, who is like, I would hate to mix this. This is crazy. <laughs> a one mic scenario actually ends up teaching you a lot because I think I had a day where my equipment wasn't working right. And we were like, well, we're going to record rehearsal anyway. And so we just stuck the one mic right in the middle of the room. And, and I was like, well, we'll just capture it the best we can in here. And then I listened back. I'm like, how come those drums sound better on this one <laughs> than when I was mixing eight channels of mics? Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can wear yourself out listening to those, those drum takes and, and all that. It, it becomes, it, it almost becomes too much sometimes where, I think the, the the simplicity in the one mic thing for us was that. I mean, all all you have to do is record what you all sound like in this room. If you can get a true mix and a true feel for that, 
uh, with mic placement and volume settings inside of this room and we deaden all the other stuff and do the things that on our end can can help you all sound not even better, just actually get what you're playing uh, a little clearer. Sound better live. Yeah. I, I really, anything that I tend to do live feels better to me than anything right. that I record in the studio. Even if it's this studio. An it's, my, it's yeah. a conversation. Yeah. It, it's more organic. There's more uh, emotion behind it. It feels more real. Um, it reminds me of being, I spent most of my life around a bonfire. Yeah. Uh, playing guitar and singing with, with my friends. Right. And there's something about what, like you all did tonight and, and what I think that this one mic setting provides is that it kind of takes you to that. It takes you to sitting around with your friends and, and, and playing in those rooms where it's, you know, you are just got done with the big practice in your, in your, uh, in your big band. And it's three or four of you sitting around that have, have been worn out and you've had a hard week, but you've been, you know, you just worked out through this crazy piece that you all have worked out and there's something in the air that puts you four in the room and you play this thing and you're just locked in and it can never be created again. And there's something that happened that you had to have that to make you feel better for the shitty week that you've had. Oh, yeah. It's just the Company way that made. things work out sometimes, you know? And I think that capturing those moments is, is important and it's hard to do. So I think tonight you all did that in a way, uh, in a way that is one of one. It's unique to tonight. It can't be re redone. That's the best part about coming in here is getting to just like, because live is live and it's just, there's something human about it. Like when you go to the studio, I mean, there's edits, there's all this stuff and it sounds good in the end, but like something about just a band in a room hearing them, like you can never re replace that. Even Even when I hear recordings of myself at a show, and you miss a note or whatever, but sometimes you're like, that was a, that was fucking dope. And you're like, that was a great performance, even if you didn't hit everything and you all hit every, I mean, you all sounded great tonight. It was yeah. really, really cool. It was cool. a purposeful accidental. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things, like we have like started recording just a little bit, trying to get some of the new songs down. And um, one of the things that we figured that, that I've learned that we're blessed with is we have a drummer and, and his name's basically two take Blair. I mean, you give him two takes and it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds, which, which one you like the first one or the second one. They're both really good. They're identical because you know, he, he plays yeah, in exactly. like a, a metronome. He's in the pocket. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. His nickname is the eternal so pocket. So hopefully that'll speed up <laughs> things for us. Yeah. Know? That's helpful. Like you mentioned <laughs> recording and recording drums. Like I think there's a reason why most producers are drummers because recording drums sucks ass. And so like, that's why they just do it. Yeah. Not with Blair. It's quick. <laughs> You're too nice. But going back to like your point though, like catching the magic, like that's way we try to do uh, ABR, always be recording because it's like you get those jams that early on, like you, for as like a warm up, mm -hmm. and you're at the end of it, you're like, man, what was that? Yeah. You try to do it again and it's just not Never do it again. The same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't yeah. Catch the, can't catch Every once in a while, I forget to hit the record button. Somebody turns around and like, uh, we ah! can't. We can't talk about that in this room. We've done it so many times. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not in charge of it because oh it would never God, get pushed. We, yeah, there's been a couple of times. Leave it on all, all the time. <laughs> oh. yeah. Well, before I forget, uh, 
man, thank you guys so much for uh, being so gracious to allow oh, us in please, your yes. place. Thanks a lot. And, yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, much appreciated. Uh, recording our stuff and uh, having this interview with us. I mean, this is a really big Great us, experience. So well, you, we certainly, we always appreciate everybody's time. And when you come in and you uh, nail it, you guys were just awesome. So, you know, we're not done yet, but it was, it was, it's always our pleasure. Yeah, it really, yeah, I it say it really every week, is. but it's like, it's Monday, Mondays suck ass. I work 10 <laughs> hours today and then I come here and it's always the highlight of my week to just get to hear some live music in this room. Live music is always, it is always just special. So yeah. you all were really, really cool. Very in, just interesting sound. And I'm yeah. interested to dig in a little bit to just like, I know you have all kinds of influences, but just like what they are and like kind of what everybody is into. Yeah, definitely got to go around the room on that. Like major influences that what creates you all to create what is Limestone. Yeah, even if it's just one or two bands that you're really into. So yeah, growing up, Middle school and high school in the nineties, so you know, talking Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots, like all those guys. Um, right. And then later on, I found my parents' record collection and, and the record player. So that's when I became like a Led Zeppelin freak, and then like Cream and oh, Hendrix Bonham and yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I heard some Bonham on that third song. <laughs> I heard that. So I'd say those are the major ones for me. Right Just on. you know, broad stroking. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with any of those. What about you, Way? Um, I think it's hard because I listen to a lot of different music and I feel like listening to music and making music are kind of like two separate things for me. So at least like if I'm just talking about like the music I have played in my life, like I started classical, I was in orchestra un until like forever. I mean, not very seriously. I was like this slacker second violin, like <laughs> one who like doesn't really place in like your region or all state, but... Um, and then in college, I took it for like no credit, um, because I wasn't a performance major. Um, but I got here, I did community orchestra for a little while. Then like, I found the folk music community, um, as I started playing with like Louisville folk school. And, oh, sweet. There's yeah. a lot of great people that. Boom, yeah. So like, that that's the first Ellie, time I'm like, I Blakely, play fiddle now. I'm so, cool. Yeah. Like I have the street cred of fiddler. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we really. killed it on fiddle. <laughs> so I can see. I saw that cool Um, and that, that, that's really like around that time, like getting out of orchestra, doing like other kinds of music, finding the way that other people do music, like no sheet music, like make it mm -hmm. up as you go. Like, it seems like you're just like plucking music out of the air. I'm like, where, where do you get it from? Like, mm -hmm. you didn't you know, write it down first. <laughs> like, this is. All right. I've got two, two points. We'll come back to what you just said, but before the, everything you say is interesting. Number one, uh, how you listen to music and how you play music is different. And I heard you say you agree. Agree. Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, like, I love to listen to pop music and disco, like dancey stuff. Uh -huh. um, Not what you make. <laughs> but when I get with the band, uh, and then I get inspired by what the band is doing. Uh, and I've found that like the way I sing is just not like the music that I like to listen to. Totally, totally, so. totally got to call you on that. Third the slow song, that falsetto high stuff you're doing. Changing what are you ways. talking about? That's as poppy, sweet, beautiful. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, you incorporate it regardless of what, I mean, There, it's in there. 
because that is that takes me like Prince. Uh, my 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 number one, my sixteen, almost seventeen year old kid who's I don't know if he's up there right now or still looking for records. Actually, is a huge Prince fan. So as soon as you hit that, I go, oh, okay, my kid would love this. He loves Prince. So, and that is as mainstream pop with the baddest dude in the world back in the day influence on top of. So there is incorporation with maybe you don't see it because all of your stuff doesn't sound like that. But the fact that you can bleed those things uh, makes it even more interesting. And I think it's kind of hard to observe your own work objectively. Especially when it's so, it is just like, it's hard to define. Like Mm -hmm. I make country-ish music and it's just like, that's what it is. But like, it is hard to put like a a label on what you all do. And I wouldn't even have thought what Neil said about the Prince thing. But as soon as he said it, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I think like, you know, every true musician has their own voice. And so like, if you're true to your voice, it's not going to sound like anybody else. It's going to sound like you. And that's what is authentic. And I think that this band has many different voices that are true to themselves. And it creates a totally different sound for every song and every influence because we do come from just different backgrounds. And it's, it's, it's um, you know, it speaks for itself. But I think that that's the, that's the true key is that each musician having their own voice and their own way of doing it and staying true to that means that, you know, the best artists, when you hear them, you're like, that's Prince. Mm. I know that that's Prince. You know, those are the guys that have their voice. And so it's like, don't try to be just like them. Yeah. Be your own voice, you know? Yeah. And it's fun to be that. You well, know? And of and the, I love that the band does that. Of the three songs I uh, sang tonight, um, I only wrote lyrics for one of them. So the one song was written by Jeff and the other song was written by Steven. In Insub's uh, voice. Well, here, it, the fact that you so, say, and I'm going to get back to point number two way uh, in a minute. I won't forget. I wrote it down, which I don't usually do, but it's important. Um, the, something that you're speaking to when you say that, you know, uh, you wrote one and you wrote one of those tunes and, and you wrote the other, I'm assuming. There's three three writers on three different songs that you sang tonight. And also what you were speaking to is being true to yourself. It's not even necessarily that. It's that everybody allows the space to listen to each other. When And being, there, there's be a trueness to, to yourself. Have a voice but, and listen. But if the five other people in the band didn't have open ears to to what was going on, it wouldn't work that way. It wouldn't be as, as easy to go, yeah, I'll sing that song. Oh, hey, I wrote this song for you. You know, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily happen very often. It doesn't necessarily happen in a lot of bands, or it doesn't happen in a lot of bands. And I don't think most people write a song thinking, I'm writing this in somebody else's voice. So it, it's very cool, and, and it says a lot about the that willingness to share and the openness to listen and all those separate things that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a conversation. Yes. When you play with different musicians, and the bigger the group, the more you have to listen and sit back and be a part of the conversation. Nobody likes the person that's yelling during, you know, that's talking over everybody, you know, yeah. well, that wants to be the center of the attention. You have to let it kind of like 
share. And it's interesting and too, so because of course they, they brought these songs that they had written. And then I was like, man, I'm really feeling that. And I would love to try and sing your song, but of course I can't sing it like you. I'm going to have to sing it my way. Um, so it was just really gracious of them to be like, okay, yeah, give it a go. And, and as the guitarists that came in, they had a slew of songs that I had to learn. Well, and they had a really good guitarist before me. <laughs> and it was kind of like, wow, this guy plays it his way. It was in his voice. And I had to say, look, I'm not going to play it in his voice. I got to find my own way in this song, in my voice, to make it work, you know? Uh, you, you're, and, you're very lucky because you were the new guy for 14 minutes. <laughs> so you got to kind of slide right. in and go, did you hear what that new guy played on this uh, trumpet? Man. Oh, no, mistakes yeah. were made. <laughs> I'm John, sure what, about your, uh, what about your musical? Then? Uh, well, so, um, you know, when I got here, it was, it was kind of a, a, almost an eye-opening experience. Um, I had to take a music history test at UofL, you know, as as kind of they, they have to figure out how good you are at all these skills. Well, I, I failed the early music portion of this test. And so the way that I kind of took care of it is I actually like dove really deep into it. So it's an early music ensemble. And by early music, I mean like 1500s, 1600s, right? Mm -hmm. um, I fell in love with the Baroque trumpet. Okay. So the Baroque trumpet's about twice as long as your traditional one has no valves, yeah. right? So everything is like, you know, you have to really use your your mouth and everything to make sure that everything is pitched per perfectly, correctly, right? Um, but that music is also a lot more rich, right? And so um, I kind of uh, really fell into that at UofL when I was studying there. And kind of as a result, um, I actually had applied for a Fulbright to um, study with a teacher in Germany. I ended up not getting it, but kind of in the mix of it all, I actually started listening to festival bands in Germany. Hmm. Um, so the, the city that I was going to um, study in was Cologne, and they have a carnival every year with a ton, I mean, a ton of bands, and they have very robust uh, wind sections, right? So I'm going to name a few, Pam Pam Ida, uh, Queerbeat, La Brass Banda, uh, one that, Bukahara that we might do. So... In some ways, like I've kind of really grown, even though I have virtually no idea what they're singing because I haven't learned German well enough yet to understand <laughs> the lyrics. I love the sound. And so I listen to it a lot. And um, kind of as a result, I've, you know, kind of curated little bits and pieces of what I like. And in some ways, I feel like I'm kind of becoming the, oh, we should play this as a cover person. Yeah, pretty Maybe. pretty normal, pretty normal stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's turned me on to a lot of those artists that I'd never heard before. So, yes, it's really cool. I think that explains uh, the German bands on on a Spotify Absolutely. playlist. Absolutely, thank goodness. Uh, fun way to learn foreign languages. Spotify actually puts those German lyrics, so you can read them while they're singing. So it's kind of fun, kind of fun to follow and. Pick out the few words that you actually understand, but, you know. All right, so, John, this is probably for, more for John and Way than the rest of the guys, uh, the rest of the group. Um, with, uh, you, you, Way, you mentioned saying, coming from the background that you came from, having, uh, being very, very educated in music and going through those steps, and you as well, 
And this is why I asked, because my son that I mentioned earlier, he's a, a baritone saxophone player that is very, very instructed, very, very good, tone, uh, tonally really, really spot on. But when I said, when I asked him, hey, you want to come down and play? He's like, do you have sheet music? I'm like, no, I don't have sheet music. Just come down and play. And he's like, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're not doing that. We'll just, we'll just play like this simple thing. So... <laughs> How is the transition from, from what is there about the, there's a lot of questions in this question, (laughs) you know? So is it just allowing yourself the, the ability to listen to what's going on and, and write your own parts? Or is it coming from a background of seeing everything written and what everybody's playing and seeing the harmonies and making the chords and making the progressions? What is it that is, because I'm, I'm, I've, I've kind of, I dabbled in a little bit of training and everything else. I, I can, I'm one of those people that are lucky. I can hear something. I go, okay, here's what it is. Here's what we're playing. Here's, so it, it's hard for me to understand your side of things. So why I ask that? Uh, what is it about that? Is there a freedom? Of, what just both of you explain? Okay. Well. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting. Um, because I know that, you know, um, I, I never went to a conservatory, for example, but I have plenty of friends who have, and they have horror stories of if they're not perfectly prepared for their lesson, the teacher literally takes their instrument and throws it out in the hallway, right? And says, come back to me when you're prepared, right? And so I think there is kind of some level of judgment of if if I don't have sheet music, I don't have this thing in front of me to prepare this music as well as I possibly can. Um, I think, you know, with jazz folks, obviously they're in a different, a completely different environment where the people that are teaching them have obviously had to go through the ropes. The ropes um, you know, it's sort of like a master apprentice kind of thing, right? Um, I don't know a whole lot about jazz history, but I know like Miles Davis spent time with uh, Louis Armstrong, right? You know, and so those people taught each other. Um, and I imagine there was a, some level of compassion and kind of openness to let those people screw up a little bit, right? Where maybe in the conservatory, that's probably not something that's real. Mm. Yeah. There's this, uh, there's these two YouTube comedians called Two Said Violin, and they go a lot into the culture that is um, what John was just talking about, where it's like hyper competitive, and like you develop this like complex about being perfect. Mm. Um, but that's what that reminded me of. As a, as for me, like on my musical journey, I, I think that uh, it's like. When you're a kid, like you do things because other people put something in front of you. And like, if you're good at it, then like you usually feel good about that. And then you'll keep doing the thing. And I think when you're an adult and you decide you like something, you do it because of that. Like at some point in my life, I decided that music actually matters to me. Yeah. And so that's why I started like going out and seeking musicians and like one what music means and what it means to make music. Like before I'd be like, oh, I like read music and I play the music. I didn't like learn anything by ear. Mm-hmm. So that's like one of the things that I learned first when I like I will started. say sometimes I'm, I'm playing a chord or, or I'm playing in the key 
and I have no idea what key I'm playing in. But I can just ask John or Way, <laughs> and they know exactly we'll what key I'm playing in or what chord I'm playing, and they don't even play my instrument I'm playing. So they're a big help to me to to because I've just played by ear, kind of like what you you were talking about, and they just educated me on how to be a real musician, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, that's what, that's the attitude I find a lot. Like, with people who, like, taught themselves, they, like, don't feel like they're real. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not and, real because, like, like, I didn't, like... this syndrome type of deal? Yeah, like, I, but I didn't do this because I wanted to do it. Like, you actually did it because you wanted to do it for the entire time you've ever done and, this and they thing. Found these, that's, these, these guys, what I love about them is they found some people to fall down the steps with. You know, they're like, these guys are making mistakes all the time and like nah, whatever. falling down the steps, but they <laughs> land on their feet. They're like cats or something. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, like it's okay. And like, just play what you feel and, you know, and to it's, be fair. And it's, and it's inviting. Yeah. And I, and you know, like, um, it's fun. As I say, from my perspective, again, like learning how to improv and fit in with the music kind of first time, right? I'm doing the same thing. And right. I think, I think that's what's really exciting. Um, it's it's funny that you talk about your journey of it being in front of you. Well, my journey into music was I remember getting like some Fisher Price piano, like mm. you know, and like learning how to play the Mario theme song on it, right? Uh, so like my my first thing was literally like yeah, trying really trying to figure out what things sounded like, right? You know, and then and then like for a long time I became a church musician. And I would, you know, kind of conduct a choir and was just blown away that one of our piano players told me that she didn't know how to read music. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because you're like killing it right now. Like, how is that possible? Um, and so, you know, kind of being in here and like being able to work in a in a space that's just free for me to explore without any judgment of how many notes I'm actually playing right or incorrectly is, is nice. And as an, as an unschooled fool of a musician, you know, my thing is if you make a mistake, repeat that mistake so that people are like, Oh man, he meant to do that. I see now. Yeah. It's it's like, he did mean to play that. Right. Okay. There there is some jazz, jazz book that says there are no wrong notes. Um, as long as, you know, I find it. Go ahead. Go ahead. and them coming along was kind of a big paradigm shift for me because it's like the stigma is opposite at the two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I'm so glad you you're right? tying this in because way comes along and and then I'm like, oh well, you know all this stuff and you're classically trained. I'm getting kind of intimidated, you know, because <laughs> I'm like, well, I have very little training and you know, uh, <laughs> my music theory understanding is kind of rudimentary and mostly about feel and, and less about, you know, knowledge. Um, and it just, uh, never occurred to me that someone with uh, a better level of understanding and knowledge of the theory would be able to enjoy playing together with someone who's having struggle just to speak the same language. And so I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to tell you the note and the chord necessarily uh so it might be a little bit of a struggle but um they never made it that way um to hang out with us they never made it like oh this is such a hassle playing with you guys honestly it took me a couple tries again to a band so like this is (laughs) this was like really like i had tried like making a band with like some people i knew at work like a drummer and a guitarist and then like 
we could never like practice regularly. And I was like, do these people even care? Like, and then at some point I like met Jeff. I was an apprentice. I'm still an apprentice electrician. Oh yeah, we're God. both electricians. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, There's three electricians in this band. Just seen me a couple weeks it's ago. You would have been shocked. <laughs> well, I'm sure you guys can attest. Uh, it's a big struggle to try and keep a band together. Yeah, yeah. That so, I think that's the thing that what made the most six, six. Um, impression on me was that like Jeff was talking about like oh it's like a Friday night tradition. We've been doing this for years, and I'm like. Oh, you like care? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a it's a want. Number one, it's a want to you, as a as a musician of any sort that's in any type of band, leader or player in that band. You want buy-in. You want everybody that is in the band to want to be in the band. Yeah, generally for me, you know, uh, you want everybody in the band that be their thing. Not only just to be in the band, but they really want to be in the band. They really want to uh, be a part of it. They really want to write. They really want to perform. They really want to do those things. And sometimes lack of hinders the rest. So when you have enough like-minded people, it makes that thing go. Um, but I do find it interesting. I love the tie-in to what you all were talking about with having you all who are trained and the guys who think that they're not trained because they've done it themselves instead of went through a system, there's always that gap of, am I good enough? I, the one thing that I found out in 202 episodes is that nobody feels like they're done learning. Nobody feels like they're better on any level. You know, we've had stud singers. We've had the Scott Smiths and the, we've had the stud players and singers, the Ellie Ruths and the Dusty Bows. And, and I can just name a million different people. Those are the people I can think of offhand because they're in my lexicon um, and groups like the, the pretty goods and, and so many other people that, that come in and they always talk about how they're not there. They're, they're still It always trying. feels like there's the next step. It's like, how do I, <laughs> I I'm, I'm like, feel like I'm so close yeah. and how do I scratch my way up to this next step? Yeah. There is no there though. There yeah. is no there. What is there? <laughs> there is no there. But where is but, there? Yes. But there is a journey yeah. and that's all it is. So like, it's about saying, hey, I got more to go, you know, and just like pushing through and not saying that I'm not good enough. It's just that I'm on a journey and I'm, I'm constantly like wanting to test myself and, you know, part of playing guitar when you when you first pick up a guitar, you know, or any instrument, you're not very good at it. You're very bad. And it takes a lot of like, hey, I'm willing to step in on the journey and try and get good at this thing. Mm. Where, and then finally it sounds okay. And then you're like, I'm gonna play it more. And you just keep that going. And if you're a true musician, that never stops because if it does. Then you know you there, don't you don't need to play there's once that. a week or twice a week or there's that but there's also a true vulnerability in 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 that artistic mind oh sure that that that, that almost has a pain inside them it's a weird it's a weird piece it's, it's almost a nakedness it's something I, you know it's hard to put a finger on it because everybody expresses it different. You know, uh, Jeff, I, it's funny that your name's Jeff. 
as a matter of fact. I, I didn't even put this together until now, but it's funny that your name's Jeff for one reason, because the guy that I think about when I think about you and I talk to you is a guy named Jeff, and he lives right down the road from me, and he's one of the reasons I play music. Oh. And he couldn't tell, he could tell you what a chord is, he could tell you what a lot of stuff is, but he couldn't show you. He doesn't, the fact that he doesn't have your knowledge about music and your knowledge about music makes him feel less than, and he's never is. But you can see sometimes when he feels that. And as somebody that has a, enough of both to be dangerous, it makes me go, you're better than most people I know. You could sit in a room with anybody in the world. You don't have to have, you don't have to know what F-A-C-E is on a, on a, uh, you know, on a, a treble clef to know what music is. You don't have to read it to know it. You don't have to understand progressions to understand progressions. So there is a, there is a thing that is super interesting in the fact that it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what you know. It doesn't matter what you think you know. It doesn't matter what somebody's taught you. It doesn't matter what you learned on your own. There's some super vulnerability inside this room and inside most musicians that I've met in my life that allow them to be susceptible to ideas. And I think it's one of the most important things that I've learned in my life and one of the most important things that I see sometimes. And when you have six people in a band like you all that have come from all these different places and that, that are they're finding their way and finding these songs and have three songs that they sing written by three different people and, and listen and have trained musicians and people that have learned without knowing what they're playing and couldn't tell you what note they're in. But listen, I think there's something so that the world can learn from that. We are in a weird place in this world. But wouldn't it be cool if everybody could understand how to do that in a different way? Just share a conversation. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. That's what, that's what I learn Listen. every week. He says it a lot, man. This is the best day of the week, and it really well, I, is. I think but, when you get in, in front of the right audience, not necessarily social media, but like a real audience, then you get that reinforcing feedback. That, you know, I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, will try and put themselves out there. And you're being vulnerable when you put yourself out mm, there. You made totally. something, you know, uh, and you perform it and warts and all, and you put it out there. And uh, for every one person that'll give you a kudos, you know, there's a thousand more that'll try and put you down. Mm. Um, so I, I think that's probably why these musicians are like that. It's so easy to be like, oh, well, I listen to the radio and every this thing just sounds so polished and clean and fantastic you know and it sucks <laughs> and maybe <laughs> it sucks time, but no, i mean it doesn't i take know, that back, I take uh, that back. it, it never it. misses a beat and then you're like well I'm, I'm i'm learning over here and i'm creating and uh and, I, and i'm molding this you know rough thing and trying to turn it into a diamond if i can um and and so i, I think it's just really easy it sucks because of comparison. It sucks because you go, well, mine doesn't sound it's like this. Tough. Yeah. I feel like what, no matter what kind of art you're doing, there's no matter how good you are. I know some of the, I know great guitar players who still are like, I want to quit sometimes. And mm -hmm. you're like, why the fuck would you quit? Oh you're gosh, the best yeah. guitar player I've ever seen. And it just, I feel like 
it is it's tough because there is no end. It's just like it is a journey and you you never get there. And so you, when you see people ahead of you, maybe in the journey or whatever you, however you want to put it, you go, why am I not there? And it's just because you're on your own journey. Or you lose the tough. drive to get better yeah. and you're just like, I'm in a spot and I don't really care anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to tie that point into why I thought for me, that listening to music uh, is different from creating yes, music. please. Thank you. By the way, it, uh, that camera says low battery on it. Don't worry about it until okay. it's dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost done here anyway. Um, yeah. So the music I listen to, if I'm just like have my headphones on, like it's super polished, you know, it came through some studio and it, they're trying to get you to stream it over and over again. And then like I get out into the real world and you're all, we're all talking about live music and I like sit there and I see the muscles of the person move who's like moving something so that a sound will happen and they planned it and, and like I'm breathing the same air that is vibrating with that sound mm-hmm. and suddenly it's like, oh my God, this is why. Yeah. And there's, there's, that's, sharing. that's sharing. That's sharing. Yeah, so it's like part of it is like an all sensory experience and part of it is that like when that whole picture comes together, I'm like, oh, there's a person there. They cared. I'm I'm like receiving their message right now. And their joy and their work is going through that sound wave. Too. Yeah, I think so. And, and I like, I really feel strongly about being part of the music community. And that's, I think, what pulled me into like really making music. You hit a little folk music. Yeah. It's hard not to be one uh, to be a part yeah. of a, a scene because that Louisville folk scene's it's tight, dope, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. And if like earlier, if the band was talking about a little bit like um, a leader, I'm like I'm not a leader, but they sometimes joke about me being a manager, manager. because <laughs> I'm like the one who's like we gotta like get out there because we For need sure. to be part of everything yep. else that is happening. Like I see people doing their thing, like. I'm like one step from there, except I need to get five other people's schedules, you know, to coordinate <laughs> yeah. to Way's do the that. One and thank you, Way, for in that. The so that. like, that's why, that's why I'm like reaching out to you all because you all are pulling people together too. Which we're doing our best. For like, sure. this is like the reason. So, uh, Way, I guess what we need to ask you as the band uh, leader and director for, <laughs> for, everybody, yeah. for everybody that wants to find Limestone, where can we go and uh, find you all? So we have an Instagram. I'm I I usually run that. I'm I don't I'm not on Facebook, but stuff do, does get double posted to Facebook. Uh, Insub is kind of in charge of that. Um, so we're Limestone Band on both Instagram and Facebook. We're trying to get our stuff up on streaming platforms, including Spotify. I think we have some stuff on YouTube that's live that's not already recorded. Yeah, I think there's yeah. a couple of uh videos from like Magbar and some other locations. Yeah. That's where we are online, really, right. but you should come out and see us live. Absolutely. When do you play next? Uh, we're trying to play at uh, the Chapel St. Philip near Oh, cool. Very cool venue. Yeah. So, and I live right near, well, everyone lives pretty near there except John lives, he's a farthest in Fern Creek, but everyone is like Creaker. Old Louisville. He's a creaker. <laughs> yeah. Old Louisville Highlands. Sorry, he's got the closest drive to get home. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're going to be playing there February 2nd. Uh, we're still confirming the other bands. And I might try to ask some other artists to like table there just because like they're not selling alcohol. Just might as well get like zine makers, comic makers come in. 
Okay. That those are my dreams. We're still trying to make this happen. So evidently you're the boss, so make it work. All right? I'll, fo- I'll follow those <laughs> dreams. I'll follow those dreams. <laughs> all right. We chill. just had a show Saturday at twenty first at Germantown. Great spot. That's a cool room. Yeah. That room is evolved. Yeah, I'm too. playing there great, in like great two stage. weeks. Yeah, it's all awesome. yeah. it's, it's a great bar. And they they we we played there twice and then they got a good setup and we played after a nice comedy show and it was a wonderful time. Sweet. I've done it. I've been the <laughs> the encore to the comedy show. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> bar. <laughs> I've got some comedy songs that I could do. <laughs> yeah. You go try them out. I do. I, I, do, I, do, I do. I do. I do. I got some. All right. So uh, everybody else, check us out. Uh, Top Hill Recording on Instagram. Subscribe to yeah, the subscribe. YouTube. It just takes a second. It's YouTube. easy to do. That's the best thing you could do for us. Subscribe it's to easy YouTube. to do. It's free. It's easy peasy. Um, that's all I can think about. I had something else to say, but I totally forgot you guys. We really appreciate y'all. Yeah, you all were dope. This was really, really it fun. It was an awesome, awesome Thank time. You. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.